0: Welcome to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast, your home for stories, inspiration, and advice from athletes over 40. I'm your host, Robin Leggett. I'm a later in life athlete who became a roller derby skater in my 30s and a runner and obstacle racer in my 40s. Now, I'm an athletic aging coach who helps women over 40 experience the massive life benefits that come with exploring your athletic potential at any age and any fitness background. If that fires you up, keep listening. Let's do this. In my years hosting the Seasoned Athlete Podcast, I've always been drawn to the stories of the later-in-life athletes, the weekend warriors, and the everyday people who choose to do extraordinary things. This week, I'm talking to one such athlete. Her name is Kath Pendleton, and she's an ice swimmer, which means she chooses to swim in freezing cold water. Kath started winter or ice swimming in 2015, and she has been hooked ever since. This year, she became the first person to swim one mile inside the Antarctic Polar Circle. So, settle in for a story of an ordinary person achieving extraordinary things. Here's my interview with Kath Pendleton. Hi, Kath. Are you ready to drop some seasoned athlete knowledge on our listeners today? I sure am. Wonderful. You are Kath Pendleton from South Wales. You're a single mum of two girls, and you're an ice swimmer, the first ever ice swimmer that we've had on Seasoned Athlete. On February 22nd of this year, you became the first person to swim one mile inside the Antarctic Polar Circle, a swim that was filmed for a documentary for the BBC that will air later this year. Other highlights include swimming the English Channel in 2018 and winning bronze in your age category at the World Ice Swimming Championship in 2019. Future plans include competing the International Ice Swimming Association's Ice Sevens Challenge in the coming years. From here, I'm going to ask the question I ask all my guests, and that is, what is your age at this moment in time? Um, 48. 48. Love it. All right.
1: Let's go back in time. What did your early
0: athletic life look like? Did you play sports growing up?
1: Yeah, I always played sports growing up, Um, mainly swimming, really, at primary age. Um, I lived in a very small village, and they built a pool when I was about three or four. So everybody swam. Our summers were swimming in the rivers and then everybody kind of did club level in the village and then once you went from the village to the local town to swim so my primary school age was mainly swimming and then I've always swam I went to high school and I discovered things such as outdoor pursuits and badminton and hockey and different sports so I've always done bits of mobs
0: (laughs) But your roots were always swimming, like like yeah. what you're doing now goes all the way back to early childhood, just maybe a little different in the temperature.
1: Yeah, a little different. I don't know. The, the river was probably quite chilly when we were younger, but you don't care then. Right, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Kids are willing to do anything.
0: As you got older, uh, you know, you said you did bits and bobs, but can you give some examples past, past maybe collegiate level of athletic pursuits that you participated in?
1: Yeah, um, I joined the Air Force when I was 19, and I picked up swimming back, back in, in, in the Air Force. And then I did about four and a half years in the Air Force, left with my now ex-husband, the father of my, my two girls. And during that time when, you know, I was just, I, I guess, a, a young married couple, I used to play badminton, I used to swim. Yeah, swimming pops up again. So mm-hmm. I did a lot of hiking. Um I went to Mount Kenya and my ex husband and I used to hike a lot. So, hiking was a, a big part of my life then. When I split up with my ex husband, swimming came back in because that was something that I was able to do whilst I put my little ones in the creche or they were at school. And then in 2007, so I don't know what age that makes me, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe 35, or I don't know, I discovered triathlon. I used to train swimming on a Friday night with a local triathlon group in Brecon. And they would say to me, do you want to try triathlon? And I was like, no, no thanks. So I had picked up some running before. Probably five years previous to a start triathlon, I would do some 5Ks and occasionally a 10K just to keep fit, really. So triathlon then became my life for a few years. I actually fell in love with triathlon. And it was through that that I fell back in love with my love of open water swimming.
0: Okay, so because triathlon is open water swimming, that is the swim portion. It's interesting to me that most people when they get into triathlon, like the running and the biking comes easier than the swimming. Usually the swimming is the scary part, but it sounds like for you that was it was flipped. It's like I love the swimming. I've been doing this my whole life. Now I got to figure out these other things. How how was that experience for you, adopting these other sports when your roots are so deep in swimming?
1: Yeah. Well, so my first ever triathlons were actually pool. So um, and then I discovered you know there were some open water ones. So I loved them. I did a lot of open water swim events from that, but I carried on with triathlon. But I have to admit, although I've dabbled with running over the years, it's not something I ever, I can't say I've not enjoyed it, because there was one stage in my life that I would quite like to go out for, you know, a 5k run or something. But running, I found very difficult. Cycling, I would just get on with it. I wasn't particularly good or bad, but um, running was definitely my my worst um, discipline. And... Um, I keep threatening I'm going to start back running, but it never, it never materializes.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, uh, triathlon, run, bike, swim, you know, swimming is, is your first love. Like that is, it seems to me that's where your heart is and that's where you always gravitate. And so you did, you gravitated back to swimming and particularly open water swimming because the triathlon swimming reignited that. At what point and why did you end up going completely back? swimming and into open water swimming specifically
1: yeah um in 2015 i'd actually got to this point that i actually did really enjoy a, a sprint triathlon and i was okay with the 5k you know it wasn't so daunting but i hurt my back a series of things happened just one was pushing my bike up a really steep hill in the triathlon and then Something happened at work with lifting bikes. I was working as a cycling instructor at the time. By the end of August, mid August, um, my back just went, and I was like, I was in agony. I'd never experienced anything like it in my life. I was, I was floored for a couple of weeks. It was really, really bad. So I was like, Well, what am I? You know, what am I going to do? Because you know, I'm not going to cycle this winter. I'm not going to run. And at that time, I seen an advertisement for an ice scala. So. Now, all the open water stuff had all been in a wetsuit, and I've seen this advertisement for an ice gala in Lake Windermere in um, North England, just swimming in your bathers in February the following year, so I was like, that's like really crazy, but I fancy giving it a go, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. How do I sum up? <laughs> Where do I go? So yeah, tell me, so was that the first like event, that first ice swimming event that you participated
1: Well. In? It was, it was to be the first ice swimming event. So I spoke to a couple of friends I, I knew from triathlon and I knew from like outdoor fitness classes. And my friend said, oh, I've seen it too. I really fancy it. So we started in the river one Friday night before our swimming class. I think we did about eight minutes at 12 degrees. It was dark. We had the lights of the car. We got out. We were freezing. We we're like, that's crazy. But I was like, you've always got to try something twice. So we'll try it again. <laughs>
0: That's a good attitude when you're freezing your butt off. <laughs> like, well, don't let this first impression color my whole opinion of this.
1: At least do it twice. So, yeah, so hopefully, we went to our swim, swim session, obviously, warmed up. And then I just instantly became addicted. It was a really rainy year. So, we had to train for this. Um, it was a one kilometer event that was happening the following February and you had to do a qualifying swim under six degrees but we couldn't find any water under six degrees because the rivers were all in flood which would have been cool enough but they were all in flood and the sea was too warm so i wrote to a couple of local lake owners fishing lake owners and begged and eventually they let us use their lake in the morning before work so the four of us would swim early mornings with trout hitting us in the face with our head torches on and everything But then at the weekend, I would be at my local pond, which was freezing. Um, I met a lady, Vicky, who had been swimming for a couple of years on her own through Facebook. I was like, please can somebody help us find somewhere to swim that's cold. Uh, they were like, what? (laughs) So um, we all started. And then there's um, a local gala called the Popsicle, which is a really friendly gala that you go and people make their hats and everything. So my first actual swim gala was in the December of that year because I had become so addicted to this new ice swimming, my friend Vicky had told me about this elusive ice smile. And a lady, Pauline Barker, that runs um, a challenge called the Polar Bear Challenges, she said, you know, it takes two or three years to train for this. However, I felt that I was really, really ready for it because I was just swimming all the time and getting more and more of a buzz. So in the January, I decided that I, I was going to go for this ice smile and my friend and i vicky both did an ice mile on i can't remember what date it was in january 29th i think which was even before the gala that we were training for so that was like massive because suddenly i think there was only like 170 people in the world that had done an ice mile and i became the first welsh woman so being proud and welsh that was that was fantastic and then my loves never stopped so we went off to the swimming gala that we'd all been training for and the water was seven degrees and we were like so disappointed like it's warm right and and
0: especially after doing that ice mile it was probably going to be easier anyway well
1: it was still really (laughs) tough you know these temperatures are all tough but you know now i'm finding 12 degrees tough but um from there i just i probably haven't done any more sports really it's just ice swimming ice swimming ice swimming oh and long distance stuff as well.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And I want to get into that, but first I want to ask about, you know, you, you have lit up when you've talked about, it's like, I was addicted to it. It's been nonstop. I love everything about it. What about, what was it about ice swimming that lit you up like that so quickly and continues to excite you to this day?
1: I think initially it was, maybe it was just so wrong because we just didn't know really what was happening, but Because I'd had this back pain, i never had any pain in in the water, but it was the buzz afterwards. It was, it really hurt in the water. And I remember people saying to me, you know, once it goes down half a degree and it did really hurt, but the buzz that you got afterwards just stayed with us all day, especially when we were swimming early in the morning. And like I found on a Sunday, if I went swimming in the morning, I would come back and clean the house and i hate cleaning so it just put me instantly in this new mood and what i find with it now is the only way i could shut off um i'm very hyperactive and i'm always doing something so the only way i can shut off from anything maybe before it would be go for a long run or cycle but i never really did switch off because things would come into my brain all the time but with ice swimming You've got to be so aware of how your body's feeling because you know you can go from being fine one minute to to terrible. And no two days are the same, you know, one day you can swim ten minutes, another day you need to get out after a couple of minutes. And it's just that total reset because you everything else has to go, and you have to concentrate on your breathing, how you're feeling, you know am my hands clawed, am I coordinated? And I think just being able to lose yourself in that moment, Control, out, delete, reset, boom. So much better after it. And then all the endorphins buzzing around your body. And it's a really good social thing as well to meet with friends. So I just love it.
0: Yeah, I like that point about how when you're in cold water, you can't think about other things. You can't like have a distracted brain. I've done two I I wouldn't call
1: them ice swims.
0: I don't know what the, what is the temperature that determines that this is ice swimming?
1: Well, ice swimming is under five. That's just for if you want to term something as ice swimming or as a competition, it has some And then winter swimming, I think is under 10. But to be honest, anything under fifteen is pretty nippy. <laughs> right, right. And I don't you know, we, have, we have Fahrenheit out here and I don't know the transit. Oh, I, I don't have a clue in yeah. Fahrenheit. I would have to work it out.
0: Yeah. Um I know thirty two degrees is freezing, thirty two degrees is your zero, and I've done forty five, so right, um, whatever okay. that
1: means. Or <laughs> around yeah, I that. I should have looked at Fahrenheit. I think forty five okay. is I think 45 is pretty nippy. That it's, might be. Oh, like, I can confirm. That it's two or three degrees. <laughs>
0: like, I don't need a temperature designation to tell me how I felt in that water. It was nippy. So I've done that as part of an obstacle race a couple times where I've had to do very short swims. Like the last time I did it was it was a two-minute swim, which was enough for me. But I but I get what you're saying about how your brain is only focused on that one thing. Like it has to only be focused and you have to focus on your breathing so you don't go hypothermic and, and you just stay focused that whole time. You can't think about, you know, did I do my grocery shopping this week? You know, <laughs> uh, did I leave the stove on? Like if you did too bad because yeah. you got to focus on that swim. So I totally get that. Let's talk about um, the longer distance swimming that you briefly mentioned. How did you get into that and eventually find your way to swimming the English Channel?
1: yeah that's a funny thing so when i started the triathlon and i loved the open water swimming i entered a few longer distance swims like 10k mainly was the biggest and then i did a seven mile swim um i had a shoulder injury after that it's sad but <laughs> yeah but um i was doing the ice swimming in the winter so i love the winter as soon as the winter comes it's like yeah happy cats back <laughs> in the summer we tend to do you know there's lots of Five kilometer swims or ten kilometers swim, and there's lots of swimming events. So, you know, even even just training with your friends, you know, the water's warmer, and you find yourself doing an hour swim or at the weekend an hour and a little bit swim. So, what had happened was I'd done this ice mile, which I loved, and knew that I was going to do more, and then did something a little bit silly one night after too many gins. I thought one day, I I said I need to do something else. I want to do a big swim, and then I thought, you know what? I always said as a child that I would swim the English Channel, so I thought, I'm I'm going to make this childhood dream come true. And I I'm getting older. I need I need to do something. I don't know what, but I I need to do something. So I googled how do you swim the English Channel and started emailing some pilots. And I thought, okay, two years is ages away so i booked my slot and i think i booked a spring tide on position four which meant absolutely nothing to me i'm not a fast swimmer maybe six months later i thought i better start thinking about training (laughs) So (laughs) i contacted a lady called loretta cox and she said to me and maybe it wasn't six months she said what tide have you got and i said i have it's when the girls go back to school so i'll be fine and it's a spring tide and position four she's like no, you need to be on a neat tide, and you need to be in slot one or two, am I? Like,
0: By the way, all of this is like another language. Right
1: I'm like what does it mean? So basically, some people will say it doesn't matter what tide you're on, but normally you need to be a faster swimmer for a spring tide is what they'll say. I changed it. My pilot was brilliant, and I changed it, and it was still eighteen months away, and then that eighteen months came around so fast. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I imagine. So swim day came and, and how how long is the
1: English Channel? How long did it take you? 21 miles, which I think is 35 kilometers. Now, it took me quite a long time. It took me 16 hours, 45 minutes. But the thing with the English Channel, they call it the Dover coaster. So you have this week slot that's your week that you're training for and Athletes that are really organized and do like a periodization and they start tapering for it unless they get injured like I did, and you just do what you can. (laughs) Um you then have this week where you go down to Dover and you wait patiently for the pilot to call you, and then you don't get a weather window, and you have to go all the way home again. So this happened to me to to me once, and it, it was horrific storms. So We had a week in dover we couldn't even swim because the sea was just so rough and then i came home and my pilot was brilliant he was like look i don't care if i take you on christmas day you can go this year so that was a real worry because lots of people if they don't get their slot it has to go over to next year and i think when you've been so focused for so long you know to have to move so i was really really fortunate that My slot was meant to be the 16th to the 21st of September. And I went on the 4th of October. So so I was really, really lucky. Um, The weather was okay. It was nice. It was, it was, I started in the dark and I finished in the dark. Those are always fun days. (laughs) (laughs)
0: You know, it's, it's, I've interviewed, I interviewed, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Pat gallant Um, She has swam the English Channel multiple times. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So she was one of my first interviews for the show. I found her totally randomly online. Um, lovely woman. And she told the stories about, you know, how you you put everything into it and then you show up and it's like, nope, you can't do it. Like the weather won't allow it and you have to come back another time and it that fascinates me and I know there's a lot of different sports where that's the case where you know mountain yeah. climbing and things like that where it's like you put so much time and so much expense into this one thing that you may not be able to do because of weather you know it's just it is what it is but that's part of the sport, right like that's part yeah. of that you, you expect that you come to expect that. Let's fast forward to Antarctica. so this year, February so shortly before the pandemic hit (laughs) you got to do a pretty incredible thing tell me how that came about your your mile your mile in the Antarctic polar circle
1: yes so there's this challenge called the ice sevens challenge um, with the International Ice Swimming Association. So they're the people that ratify all the ice miles and do competitions and stuff. After I started doing all these ice miles, I was like, oh, I'd love to do the Ice Sevens challenge, but it's swimming one mile in each continent of the world. So, so far, only two people have done it. Um, a lovely lady, Jamie Monaghan from New York. She's an awesome marathon swimmer as well. And then Jay Kennedy from Ireland, the only man so far. So Jay was running an expedition to Antarctica, and I seen this advertised maybe three years ago, and it was going to cost a lot of money, and I don't have any money. So I said to him, I'm going to come on your trip. And he's like, have you got any money? And I was like, no, i got no money. So he's but I'm like, very charming, and you're going to let me. <laughs> he's like, no, well, unless you've got money, you're not coming. So I was like, don't give up on me, because I'll get the money. So this is where the real stroke of luck comes in. I have to tell you this because it it it's how I got to Antarctica. So I was really lucky with my channel that I was doing it for two charities, Saffa and Wel- Welsh Hearts that do community defibrillators. And I was a bit moany and bumping my gums on social media. Why won't anybody sponsor me? I sponsor everybody. So my plan was to raise lots of money through race nights, quiz nights, etc. And one of my friends says, look, I'll sponsor you. And then she phoned me at six o'clock the next morning and said, I've come up with the best idea in the world. I'm going to ask my company if they will sponsor you. And then you will pay for your channel. And then you can just concentrate on raising lots of money for charity. Happy days. This came off and I raised, I think, £8,000 between the two charities. Director of the company at the time, I told them all about my ice swimming. It's the ice, I was like, I love ice swimming. I'm going to swim the channel, but I want to go to Antarctica. So he said to me, if you can get across the channel, then we will consider um, sponsoring you for Antarctica. I was like, no way. He was like, yep, but get across the channel first. So (laughs) during the channel, it was like so long. I was thinking penguins, penguins, penguins. Anyway, fast forward. (laughs) I saw the channel. They agreed that they would sponsor me. And then I got really, really lucky with further sponsorship from Young Seafood. Who have said that they will sponsor me for the rest of my ice miles? So, um, Source Insurance sponsored me for the channel and part of Antarctica, and now Young Seafood are going to sponsor me for the rest of the channel. So I'm like, dear, guess what? I can come! And he was like, I can't believe it. Nobody gets sponsored. And I was like, I know. This is like the best year of my life. I'm <laughs> coming. So he was like, okay. So only a few of us can do an ice smile and then. Some people will do a kilometer, and some people will do shorter. So it was a really oh oh uh, oh, and it was a really long journey there. But something else amazing happened. The BBC found out about my story, and the BBC decided that they wanted to follow me in the year on the lead up and my swim in Antarctica. And they were able to come with us and film it. Um, wow. I haven't seen any of the footage yet, so I can't wait to see it. This person from Wales, just a who likes swimming has all this luck happening in one year we go to antarctica it was a really long journey down there it was horrendous through the drake passage and then we get there and the plan was always that only jay was going to swim inside the and because um, you have to get really special permissions and it takes lots and lots of, of organizing and then the rest of us would swim off the beach parallel to shore but because of weather and stuff see weather plays a game in everything right
0: i mean it's an you have chosen a sport that is reliant upon
1: unpredictable (laughs) weather it's part of the game so what happened was um during the passage down there jay said we all three of us are gonna have to do our ice mile inside the antarctic circle because we need so many days so everyone else can swim i was like Okay, what does that mean? It's like you're gonna swim like out in like the open sea. I was like, Okay, <laughs> so it was the night before the swim. I was so nervous, I, I couldn't even speak. I was just like couldn't speak, and then it was Kathy going second, Jay's going first, and Paul's going third. And then um James from the BBC was like, No, I need Cath to go last because I, you know, I've been sent you. I've got, She's our story. I've got a video. Her, you right? know? I, I, so, so this was it. And then with any ice swimming, you have to have a medical. So the morning of your ice swim, whether it's a competition, everybody's so nervous. You have to have your blood pressure taken. So it's white coat syndrome. Your blood pressure's through the roof. Your nerves, are shocked. Both Paul, myself, and Jay, our blood pressure was too high. It's like go and lie down, relax.
0: Like, how do you not have high blood pressure?
1: Oh, yeah, because I'm shortly before get, doing something like that. Like uh, that doesn't seem like you know. I know, I know. fair and grounds then, to do that. <laughs> so Jay hadn't been very well. He'd had a chest infection, so he said, "You know what? I'm not going to swim. It's not safe for me to swim." And then all of a sudden, it was like, "Cathy, go in." you're next. So I was like, what? They were like, yeah, you're first. I was like, okay. So it's a good then, thing you're so go with the flow. <laughs> okay. You get shoved into those situations. <laughs> okay. So um, on the boat, it wasn't a very big boat. There was about 80 passengers on the boat. So every time they spotted whales or anything, they would shout which side they were on and the whole boat would run to one side to see what it was or run to the other side or the front or back. And I'm sitting there in in my robe and just really trying to zone out and thinking, I've been talking about this for three years and they're filming me and people have sponsored me and I've trained so hard and it was just, my mind was like all over the place. And then everybody shouts orcas! And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So (laughs) my swim route was to be to an iceberg and back. Um, it was 400 meters there, 400 meters back. So I would do that twice mm-hmm. and then I would finish and then the next person would go. Anyway, just before I was to go to this iceberg, a pod of, I don't know, about 20 orcas decided to pass by. <laughs> so <laughs> Which they is, were like... In any other
0: circumstance, it'd be really cool to see, but right now it's very
1: inconvenient. And my friend was like, are you going to come? I was like, no, thanks. He said, they're just big fish. So basically that meant that i couldn't swim there we had to wait for them to pass and what happened then was it was like you can still swim but you have to swim one mile back to the boat because the ice was all disturbed and they were worried that if i swam to the iceberg that these ice floating ice would move in front and i would be trapped Mm. so i was like okay okay (laughs) okay (laughs) Okay, so off we went, and, and the crew on the boat and the team, like I swimming, it's just just a team sport, you know, you've got to have a massive team. So the the lady on the boat was so reassuring. She was like, Look, I was petrified that I was going to get taken by a leopard seal. I don't think I was too bothered about orcas. I just had this vision of a leopard seal, just <laughs> I had a very specific
0: fear. It away. With
1: orcas. No, they got say hello. So um, she was like, look, we won't let anything get near you. If anything comes near you, you're out You're out of the swim. So off we go in the little rib, and then there was icebergs everywhere, it was beautiful. They stopped at this massive iceberg, and I was like, oh, okay, started getting my clothes off. And they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, getting ready to swim. And they were like, we're halfway. And I was like, that's a really long way. <laughs> so- oh, I thought the smile was, like, was shorter. <laughs> So, yeah, so the time came, plop I went in the water and again, like the channel, it's just self-talk all the way, you know, I was just, and that being able to block things out was just the best thing ever because every time it it was so clear, you could see everything. So if something was going to come and say hello, I was certainly going to see it, 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 but um, it was the most amazing swim ever. I got to about halfway and I thought my arms are really tired because I had trained so hard, but I hadn't trained much more than a a mile because it's too cold. Right. Um, And then I had to have a serious word with myself about halfway and was like, you swam 16 hours, 45 minutes in the channel, just put your head down and swim. But yeah, the, the feeling of accomplishing something that you've trained and said for so many years that you're going to do, it was just amazing.
0: And then to have the BBC covering it for you. I
1: know, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, so and then they covered the whole year leading up as well? Yeah, so the reason they, they, they it was just a stroke of black. The company that was sponsoring me, Source Insurance, had told James about this and it just happened that he was doing a project that he was doing some small programs on people that ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So he was filming some other people doing different sports and um, his wife told him about this mad swimmer and he was like oh i need to meet her so um yeah they were like yeah we're gonna follow you it was never set in stone that he could come to um antarctica so it was just like we're we're gonna follow you um it was just before i went to the world champs we're gonna follow you and then obviously they have to see whether or not it's something that people are going to want to watch right so we were laughing the other day you know we, we probably filmed for about 14 months from just cats everyday life to cat training in lakes and i really can't remember everything that we filmed all together so and i'm so excited for it to come out just to be able to see antarctica in its beauty without all the worry that i had before the swim as well because i felt i, I was able to enjoy it after the swim but prior to the swim, you know, my mind was so occupied with everything else. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, like it. It's, it's so cool to have such a great document of that experience for you because like you said, you were so focused on what you had to do that you probably weren't like you're, you were head down. You weren't seeing anything beyond that. You weren't really embracing the beauty of, of what was around you because you had a job to do. So how cool that you're going to have this, you know, beautifully – created professional documentation of this extraordinary thing you did. And I like that they they were choosing ordinary people doing extraordinary things. It's, you know, we all need to hear those stories. And, and there, there's a reason why people tell me the stories on this podcast of ordinary people doing extraordinary things are the ones they love the most. Because it's, we all can connect with that. And we can see ourselves in that even if it's not something we would do or would do yet. It's like, but look at her, she's totally doing it and she loves it, you know, yeah. like you're doing it because it's a thing that lights you up. You're not doing it because you have to, you no. know, <laughs> so that's, I, I love that. And I'm, I'm excited. So you said later this year is when it will likely come out. I should
1: hopefully know in the next couple of weeks when it's going to be and then, yeah, then I can, I can share that.
0: Awesome. So yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to share that as well when you find out, especially if we know before this podcast comes out, that's even better. So very cool. So I like to talk about highs and lows of athletic careers. So I want to go back to your worst day, like competing, and it could be at any point in your life in any sport, but what was your worst or lowest competitive moment? And what was the most important thing you learned from that experience?
1: I had to really think about that because I am competitive, but not hugely competitive. I'm competitive against myself. So I do get annoyed with myself in certain situations. I don't really tend to give up. I'll have a a go. When you were saying about obstacle races, you know, I did like some tough mother challenges and I hate heights. So, But, you know, people just laugh. I just cry on that one. I was trying to, and the only thing I can really think of that I remember being so sad and crying about was when i was about seven or eight i'd gone to a swimming gala and it was a 50 meter pool and for some reason i decided or maybe my coach decided that i could do butterfly and i don't think i'd ever swim more than 25 meters butterfly and i remember putting my whole heart into this butterfly i don't even think i knew how to do it and then I could remember getting to the end and I could hear my mum screaming on the balcony, get her out, get her out, because I think they thought I was going to drown. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing some sort of combination of breaststroke legs and just something to get to the end. And then I finished it and they disqualified me. Oh, that's pretty messed up. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's obviously going to be other things, but there's nothing that I can think of that's, Scarred me for for life. Other than that, butterfly right I don't really do butterfly now. <laughs> <laughs> right You're like it ended at age seven.
0: <laughs> it's not happening. You you learned a lot about yourself very early. I try, time. but I rubbish <laughs> I love swimming, but not the butterfly. <laughs> um. And then, what was you know? You might have already said it, but what was your high highest point, best day, greatest accomplishment?
1: It has to be the English Channel. The English because, Channel. Yeah. yeah, it has to be just because it was a childhood dream. And I think it was that childhood dream that got me across because my late uncle Freddie used to tease me when I used to swim. We were always swimming and he was like, we'd come home and he's like, was the water wet? And I was like, of course it was wet. And when we were young, if anybody swam the English Channel, it was (laughs) no thing. And I used to say, you take the mickey out of me, but I'm going to swim today. So to be able to, Achieve that. It 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 took a lot of a lot of training. Maybe not training, in the same way that other people would train, but training in the way that Kath could train. You know, I I did what I could, and I got there. And I did really enjoy parts of it. Some some parts I was like, mm. it was. When it's like 16 hours, you're
0: not going to enjoy every minute, right? No, it was
1: a bit boring at times. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would sing, and then I would think of my Antarctica trip and all the money I'd raise. So, you know, talk about self-talking, singing away to yourself. So, yeah, it, it has to be the English Channel, just because it was so long. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: <laughs> like, out of all the, you know, you do all these freezing water swims, but they're all fairly short in comparison to that. Like... That's a one-of-a-kind. It sounds like a one-of-a-kind experience that you've had in your swimming adventures. Very cool. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you're, you're in your 40s, you're doing this. I don't see any signs of slowing down or stopping. So let's talk about what it's like when you're in your 40s, heading towards your 50s, um, and participating in these really, really, really challenging things. What types of unique challenges do you face at the age you are now doing what you're doing
1: for me my biggest challenge is i'm lazy (laughs) so i would like to i i would like to be faster so i know that getting older i need to be doing some strength training and i and i need to be but i will find any excuse to go swimming rather than the gym so that so a challenge for me is that I think you can wing stuff a lot when you're a lot younger, but as you get older, the challenge is you know you 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 have to keep training and I probably think if I did some more pool training and strength training, I would be a much faster swimmer, but then I always come back to i don't think i w- I will compete, you know I think everything that I do in ice swimming now will probably only be because I want to go and swim another eye smiling in another country. Obviously, it'd be really nice to knuckle down my training and get faster. But with COVID this year, it's just messed everybody up. You know, every month I say, oh, I'm going to do it this month. I'm going to do it this month. And in Wales, we've been in a local lockdown for another couple of weeks. So I work from home, trying to keep the motivation. You know, I think when you're younger, I don't get tired. You know, you said about being nine o'clock. I don't sleep much. I just never have. It's finding like-minded people is really good as well, you know, and I do find that there's so many fit people out there because I guess as you get into your late 40s, you don't have the childcare responsibilities. So I should be doing more. I'm just lazy.
0: Right. It's just, (laughs) you know, you, well, I think you've been driven by passion is what I get, from this conversation. Like your whole participation in this is because it's a thing you love. And so you wanna do the thing you love. And the the training aspect of it, the cross training, the not swimming aspect of it is not the stuff you love. So it's a little harder to get yourself to do it, where it's like, I just want to be in the water. Like that's all I yeah. want. <laughs> so so I just want to get, can I just get in the water? But then there's realities <laughs> that come with aging in regards to maintaining muscle mass and all of that fun stuff that that comes into play. And again, if you want to get faster, it really for you, it would depend on like, how bad do I want to get faster? How much of a priority yeah. is it? And if if it isn't, then you're probably not going to do that work, right? But if you decide or like, this is, I definitely want to commit to getting faster, then you might be more motivated to figure out how you would do that. And then of course, COVID has its own challenges. And what I've learned in, you know, in our COVID experience out here is that, you know, um, many people treated fitness as sort of something you could put aside for a little while when we all thought it was temporary until, you know, months and months later when we realized it wasn't. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, how can I make fitness work in this yeah. world we're in now because I don't know what's changing, you know? So that's part of the fun of the time we're in. Um, but at least you're in a sport that sounds relatively COVID friendly that, you know, you're generally by yourself. When you're swimming in
1: in cold water i did join the gym last week and oh good to, the, to some yoga i was like okay i am joining the gym i came back from antarctica joined the gym i was like i'm going to do strength classes i'm going to do this i used to be a spin instructor you know i, I have my um fitness instructor qualification i'm but i don't like a gym i want to be outside i want yeah. to be back in the mountains and swimming my partner and i i've had my bike refurbished so my bike is coming out we're in lockdown again tomorrow so i walked quite a lot last lockdown and then turned my garden in i built um i i say i built my partner and i we worked our socks off and i now got a pool in my garden so i can do some tethered swimming Nice. and i have an ice palace where i can sit in a freezing cold freezer an ice palace yeah (laughs) I've never heard of such
0: a thing. It's just it's just a freezing room. It's a shed with a freezer in it. That's amazing. <laughs> and you know, it's like some of us are like why would someone do such a thing? But for you, you need to you need to be okay with freezing cold.
1: Like I really don't like ice baths, but when I went to um, when I went to Russia um, for the World Champs, we had a really quite mild winter and, and everybody was doing ice baths. And I didn't like it. But for Antarctica, I was swimming, I was I was training really hard. I was doing like an ice mile a week, and that's really tough. Um so a couple of times a week I was trying to sit in this freezer, which is technically um been made into an ice bath. My partner loves it. I do it under duress, but I think it really helped, you know, with the challenge. And oh, sure. next next year. Um, I need to go to South America and I'm hoping to go to Australia if it, COVID allows any travel. So, for me to be acclimatized in July, I'm going to have to sit in an ice bath. So, <laughs> we've spent lockdown making my garden shed. Into a beautiful ice palace. <laughs> I just like if you call
0: it an ice palace, you may actually
1: want to go in there.
0: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you need to set up one of those like ice bars that you see, where you know you can make some yeah. make some martinis and sit in your ice palace. Uh, but, you know, that's just a, an example of COVID creativity. That's what I love yeah. about that. It's like we're all doing some interesting creative things to do what we want to do during yeah. this time. And for you, it's an ice palace.
1: Well, it, it was in a small shed, and it was getting a bit. Um, A bit too small, so. But yeah, COVID's done all crazy things. For instance, I've decided to give up drinking for a year. Last month. Well, so much for the ice bar. Ice bars off the table. So so the ice bars off the table because I I felt so trapped in COVID that I couldn't control anything at all. So I thought I need to do something that's healthy and good. So I decided, okay, I've got to give up my lovely gin for a year and. So far it's going really well. So, But yeah, the ice palace is nearly finished and it looks amazing. And I think a bar would look nice in there, but it has to be next winter. (laughs) Exactly, next year. Um,
0: So I asked you about the challenges
1: you face. On the other
0: side, what types of unique advantages do you find age has provided in helping you participate in the sport that you love doing?
1: Well, in the world of ice swimming, the advantage for me was, Not many people were doing it (laughs) when I went to the World Champs. So that was a huge advantage to be able to go and represent Great Britain at the speed I swim. I have to be honest, I was lucky, you know, not many people. The sport is growing and I'm always encouraging really fast swimmers. I'm like, you know, you want to take this up. There's loads of medals. Even if I went to the gym every day, I'm not going to swim at that speed. So that was a massive advantage realistically i don't want to to compete my friend keeps trying to remind me that i said i'd do an iron man with him one day and i keep it was my 50th but now that's too close i'm like maybe my 60th and i'm just like putting it off and off and off so i think the the advantage is obviously you do have a little bit more time you know the children have grown up my youngest daughter has special needs so she still needs mum quite a lot but not to the extent that i can 't go and train, so there are advantages with getting older i 've always managed to wing it because i 've had a steady level of fitness, but a disadvantage now as I 'm getting older is like you say we can 't park it
0: right right <laughs> you have to be a little Don't more park. deliberate to to maintain you know yeah. pace to maintain the endurance. Uh, and the strength to do that. Yeah,
1: we we have to be a little little more deliberate as we get older, for sure. And I keep seeing some amazing people out there. Um, and that's why I wanted to go back to yoga, you know, because I used to be really flexible. And I, I found a, a, one thing happened in the last lockdown, which I'd never experienced before, was I got aching joints and I'd never had it. And I think it was because I wasn't in the water. Because yeah. now I'm back in the water, they've gone again. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're not moving very much and you're not in the water, which is where your body is used to being and it's where it's happiest. So that makes a lot of sense that, you know, you would get some aches and pains. But I'm glad to hear that getting in the water hel- removes that. And of course, yoga. Oh. Yoga has to be, you know, beneficial to what you do. Yeah. So. For those who might be listening, uh, who are intrigued, because again, you know, we've had an open water swimmer, but we haven't had an ice swimmer here yet till now. Uh, So people who are listening who might be intrigued about your story um, and the sport of ice swimming, but like hear the stuff stuff you've talked about, (laughs) the freezing cold water and, and all that. So they find that intimidating. What advice would you have for those people who are curious about getting started but are a little freaked out about it?
1: yeah my biggest advice would be to try and find a group um there's lots of groups out there now i just find ice swimming has grown year on year and on on year and you know throughout the world um when you go to these competitions there's people from you know all the countries of the world that are doing it so if somebody was to go on social media and maybe look for an ice swimming or a win, it's a winter swimming group you get lots of groups that are just dip- dipping groups and lots of people start with dipping and some people stay with dipping dipping is like is dipping like polar bear plunge type things yeah or like getting all, in the you know, water well they, they will get in but maybe only swim for a couple of minutes some people still wear wetsuits some people wear bobble hats some people wear bathers and gloves and booties but that's the joy of ice swimming um, and winter swimming is that you get people of all shapes, sizes, all ages, all varieties of what they're going for. Some people just want to do a couple of minutes, get out and enjoy the coffee and cake, you know. And then a training for something specific. And it's all about safety. I mean, you know, I, I flippantly said about temperatures, but you know, I started in 12 degrees and I came out absolutely frozen. You've got to be so careful and I would say get get some advice. There's people that do introductions to it. Or you've got the Outdoor Swimmer magazine, which is sold worldwide and you can access that online. And there's loads and loads of information out there. And my biggest thing would be just start very slowly and, you know, get out when you when you're okay. You know, we're talking somebody doing it for the first time, it's like a a polar plunge, it's in and out, you know? Oh yeah the safety aspect of it because it's after the swim you know the after drop and stuff um yes but yeah yes. I'd say try it and you never know you might be addicted like me
0: right right you may find your new passion you never know and yeah you're you're right about it. it's like sometimes it's not the part in the water it's the part after the water that's that was yeah. my experience last last fall Went in the spartan race where it's like i was in the water for two minutes but the hardest part was the mile i had to run after because my hands were frozen um and getting used to that feeling so yeah it's it definitely is not something to be taken lightly but you never know what's going to let you up and i talk all the time about finding your joy find your joy find that thing that lights you it's clear that's what it is with you yeah
1: yeah definitely
0: so you could uh the ice what is it the ice seven right the i7 yeah. challenge um is that
1: that's your primary plan for the that's for my plan now because i've been really lucky to have this sponsorship for another year so um i was planning on russia in january but that's gone out of the window at the moment so that's going to be moved to later in the year um canada or usa i'm i'm not sure yet we who will have us first with covid i don't know right. Sounds Um, like you
0: have to be fairly flexible because of the COVID restrictions. Yeah. I will go to
1: the place that will let me go there. Yeah. Who will have me? Right. (laughs) Who will let me in? But um, I have a good friend, Nikki Pope, that's doing it as well. Um, So we're going to try and do the rest of the swims together just to reduce costs. Um, We did our Africa mile together in Morocco and we had great fun. So and it's just really great fun to go to the competitions as well. There's the international ice swimming ones, which are under five, but then you've got winter swimming, which is under 10, and shorter distances. And I've been told they're really good fun. So I'm going to try and explore some of those this this season. But saying that, there's hardly anything on this year because everything's been canceled with COVID.
0: Yeah, that's
1: the unfortunate thing.
0: But hopefully you'll get an opportunity to at least, you know, visit these places, do these swims, even if there's not sanctioned competitions, you know, you can get out there and get in the water one way or another, right? Um, So before we wrap up today, I always like to ask my guests on the show, um, if you could leave us with one parting piece of wisdom, what would that be?
1: Always do something twice.
0: You you said it early (laughs) and you said it again, always try something twice. So if you do something one time and you're like, I don't like it, try again. And then make a decision.
1: I did it with bungee jumping and I hated it. <laughs> and the second time you hated it. Oh, the second I hated time? it. I okay. cried my eyes out the first time. So I did it a second time and I cried my eyes out the second time.
0: And then, you know,
1: and then and you know. I don't like it. Yeah, this is off the table. But again, like
0: the swimming, it's like the first time. I, eh, I'm not so sure. Second time. Yeah. <laughs> so, hurts. you know, you never know, but I love that. Try some, try it, whatever you're going to try, try
1: it twice then make a decision on whether or not especially with the ice swimming because you know it's such a strange thing really to do to strip off and go into freezing cold water so you know when you come out the first time you you're actually not sure if you enjoyed it or not you know time to
0: process yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and and also the variables probably change from location to location swim to swim day to day yeah. You could have a completely different experience, right? So you, you can't just rely on one experience to tell you the whole story. Yeah, true. So if people want to learn more about you and your adventures, how can they do that?
1: Okay. I'm Facebook is my main my main social media because um I was gonna say because I'm old, but I think i well, just... t- that tends
0: to be the case. But... I don't know what we prefer but yeah facebook according to the kids facebook is for old people it's for old
1: people yeah so i am Kath pendleton on facebook and then i am on instagram as swimcathswim and i'm on twitter as swimcathswim
0: i like that swimcathswim
1: swim. yeah swimcathswim swim. so i i'm i'm on most social media facebook's probably where i put most stuff but i'm really trying to do Insta because my Facebook is sort of kind of personal everyday stuff as well. So. so, if people want to see the swimming stuff. So,
0: I'm trying to do swim cat swim on Insta. And that's where I found you. So, that works yeah. out. <laughs> I found you on Insta, and then now we're here. So, you never, I know, again, yeah, you never know what'll happen. Well, Kath, thank you so much for taking time out. Uh, it's, you know, 9 p.m. Well, it's probably close to 10 p.m. Where you're at, good thing you don't, you don't sleep. I'm usually in bed by nine. So, <laughs> but, you know, it's a big time difference between you and me, but, you know, the magic of technology makes it work. But thank you so much for uh, taking the time to share your story on Season Athlete. You are just a delight, by the way. Like, uh, thank you for- I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I just love your attitude about, what you do, and how much you love it, and how it lifts you up. And I think that radiates in how you told your story. So thank you so much for being on the seasoned athlete podcast. Oh, thank you, Robin. Listen, working from home can be hard, and working out from home can be even harder. Figuring out when you can fit a workout in, what workout you should do, how often to work out, it can all be so stressful. And that's if you even have the motivation to exercise in the first place. That's why I put together the five must-do things to rock your at-home fitness and get the results you want, which you can download for free at robinleggett.com guide. This guide will walk you through some simple action steps you can take to amp up your motivation and easily fit home-based workouts into your daily life. In turn, you will boost your energy, feel better than you have in a long time, and get back to crushing your goals. You can download the five must-do things to rock your at-home fitness and get the results you want for free at robinleggett.com guide.